Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. Well, the carnival, it's come and gone for 2021. The Tab Constellations, without doubt, a huge success, both on and off the track. On Saturday night, we had the, uh, the, the finale, six Group 1 features. It was a massive program, highlighted by Amazing Dream, taking out the Tab Blacks of Fake Queensland Championship. The Chief Executive of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club is Scott Steele. He's been kind enough to join us now. Scott, appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, listeners. Was it relief? Was it just satisfaction? Or was it a combination of so many feelings there on Saturday night? Because it was a night to behold. There was so much anticipation throughout the carnival. But to see it all unfold on Saturday night, it, uh, it would have been uh, far-reaching the emotions, I'm sure, going through your body. Absolutely, Chris. It was a bit of a roller coaster. We, uh, this is the time of the year we love. We love the big racing. We love to have the big crowds. But uh, the work that goes in behind it and the... Um, the nervous anticipation, uh, it takes a bit of getting through, that's for sure, but uh, I was very happy with the way the night proceeded on Saturday night. The track was on fire, the racing was great, there's a little bit of emotions off and on the track in the big races, there's a couple of upsets, so um, what a, just a fantastic night of racing, and what's more, we got the crowd, the, uh, a record crowd in at um, the creek, and uh, everyone was talking about harness racing, which is what we wanted to get out of it. Yeah, exactly right. And just on the crowd, and, you know, it's easy to say afterwards, oh, it was a great crowd, but it was a legitimate big crowd there on Saturday night. I said to you uh, after the meeting on Saturday night, probably the best I've seen since 2014. I'm the Mighty Quinn was the star attraction back then, but it was just great to see so many people turning up to Albion Park and a lot of new faces as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people haven't been for a long time, and... You get a bit chuffed, Chris. As you know, harness racing, we can be tough markers on ourselves, but um, the amount of contact I had from participants on the night and the next day, just saying they haven't raced um, in front of a big crowd like that for so long, um, they were excited about it. But hearing the crowd roar down the straight, yeah, it was fantastic. And I said, the, the track guys done a fantastic job with the track. It was on fire. There was a little bit of cushion on there, but they ran time. But uh, to see the, the stand full, the tab greenhouse full, the creek bar rocking, Pace and chase is booked out. That, that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And we probably dodged a bullet as well with the uh, the weather. I don't know why it is, but the Blacks of Fake race night traditionally can be a little bit, uh, you know, awkward as far as the weather. But on <laughs> Saturday night, the weather gods were with us. And, uh, you know, we, we treated the, the big crowd with that great racing. So it was good to get a, a nice break with the weather. To be fair, we were due, Chris. I think we've had about six in a row of, uh, of, of not so good of torrential rain. So um, as a betting man, I, I thought we were due to get a good night, and which we did. Um, obviously, the night before was a bit rusty, but um, uh, it fell our way for a change, and we will definitely cop it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the betting, the turnover, not only on Saturday night, but throughout the, uh, the, uh, the, the Constellations Carnival, it must have been really good. Were the figures strong? Does, does it back it up? Absolutely, Chris. Like double-digit growth. The only night that um, we had no luck was the, the middle night um, of the carnival where Sportsbet actually, who driver about 40% of our turnover, went down for the night. Their, um, their, 
uh, telecommunications failed and the website went down. So that was a small minus for the middle of the night. But um, I can say, talking with David Brick from Racing Queensland this morning, we had a record turnover Saturday night of around $5.8 million, which is a, a record for any harness racing event in uh, Queensland. So we'll certainly cop that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what about the, the big race itself here on Saturday night? Uh, we had the uh, the King for the Day promotion. As we know, that was announced last uh, Thursday. It, it was a, a, a weird but wonderful race on Saturday night, the Blacks are fake. It had everything. Well, I, I go back to what uh, Ants Butts said in his interview after the barrier draw. He said, Group 1s often throw up the unknown. And, well, we didn't do that uh, on the first corner or the first uh, 100 metres. Uh, the favourite King of Swing, Bubbles. Um, copy that, crosses, gives them a bit of a short up to find the top. And then they run a 27-9 first quarter of the 27-metre race. So it had everything on and off the track, Chris. Yeah, exactly right. And Amazing Dream, she, she's been the star, but almost uh, the unwanted star. We, we, we saw her on the opening night take out the inaugural running of the, uh, the Rising Sun. She went off at Big odds. She was the unknown runner in that race or the unwanted runner in that race. She scooted through on the inside, was able to score and, you know, provide that upset. The following week in the inaugural running of the Golden Girl, she was an odds-on favourite. But as we know now, uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Her record against her own sex is not great. And then she just provides that huge moment again on Saturday night. Nathan Purden and Blair Orange this time combining, and it was great to see Blair notch his first big one on Aussie soil. It was a great drive. He was able to make full use of her gate speed, got into a great spot like she was in the rising sun, and score. So the boys, Nathan Purden in particular, what a time, what a carnival for him. Yeah, I reckon Nathan won't have to buy lunch with any wagering provider for a long time because I reckon they would have got big results out of him all the way through. It was virtually unwanted betting in all his wins and knocked off some big betting turnover races. So he'll be the bookies pin-up boy, I have no doubt whatsoever. And great to see Blair Orange get the monkey off his back, drive a Group 1 race, and you look at first, all carnival, the rising sun, a first. Mark Purden drives a Group 1 winner for his son, his first win, so... The Rising Sun has a bit of theatre about the name and the Rising Sun being Mark Purden's son, Nathan, really coming to alive as a trainer in this carnival, that's for sure. What about Ray Green's carnival, Chris? My Lord. Yeah, well, he, he was the trainer of the carnival. I went back across the weekend, looked at the three big nights, and uh, he trained more winners than anyone else. And uh, when we're handing out the uh, uh, the plaudits, what about uh, Anthony Butt? He was the driver of the carnival. He had six wins on those three big nights. And uh, his driving skill, we know he's a world-class driver, but he was the star as far as uh, the drivers were concerned because he didn't make uh, too many bad decisions. As you said, he, he got a little bit of trouble there on Saturday night out of the uh, the big one the uh, with the Blacks of Fake, but he, he was just absolutely sensational with a lot of his big race drives, paces and trotters. Yeah, he, he is all class, and uh, I think you could take over all those races and say, you know, what a driver. You go back and you look at, I still remember when he was four fence, might have been five fence on copy that, um, up first on the first night, and he coming down the outside and got the horse home. You know he's a class operator when ho- horses can do that. And there was no gimmies there for him during the carnival. He had to use all his talent to get these winners home, and and he did that. Uh, uh, he, it's certainly his carnival, that's for sure. And I think he's enjoyed uh, being on the beach down at Kilmageddon. So that might have agreed with him, Chris. 
Yeah, well, you can't sort of argue with that. Uh, the results are there. Speaking of the carnival overall, Scott, uh, we, we've seen this change in the harness racing calendar. So we're now, you know, uh, January through to December. Has this carnival in, in 2021 firmly established itself? Is this where everyone wants to be in the winter, Brisbane, Albion Park? Absolutely. And talking to all those visiting trainers that come this time, Chris, they're booking straight away now for next year. Um, the whole harness racing industry, internationally and nationally, the eyes are on Queensland, on the creek at Albion Park and Redcliffe. This is now our spot, without doubt at all, and people will be working around making sure that they've got horses to bring up here now because two things, the fantastic weather we have up here in Queensland and also uh, what we offer them off the track and that as well, Chris, where we had uh, a golf day and some other functions that really took off and they actually generally have a good time up here. So getting a few winners is a bonus, but I actually enjoy coming to Queensland. I enjoy our racing. So um, ab ab absolutely, um, uh, we're going to have a strong carnival in years to come, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a case of where we can mix business and pleasure because, uh, as you said, it's a destination spot, Queensland. At this time of the year, it uh, offers a heck of a lot. In saying that, though, we've got the Summer Carnival. That's going to be our next focus point. Um, how do we make that, or what do we do with the Summer Carnival, Scott? I know there's a lot uh, to, to break down out of this carnival that we've just experienced, and whilst we're on a high, we've got to look to the next big carnival and the Summer Carnival. We had a wow of a time last December, but we're probably lucky in many ways where the Inter-Dominion wasn't staged. The Inter-Dominion is set to be staged this year, and it's going to be just over the border in Sydney. So what do we do to make the Summer Carnival just as appealing as the, uh, the Winter Carnival? is to entice a few southerners to us um something along the lines of the hamiltonian we're looking at that sort of concept over friday saturday night obviously we've got our fantastic weather uh, but it's going to be hard to compete but there is only certainly a certain amount of top echelon horses that can go to those can go to those sort of group races like the end of dominion and the new zealand cup there's still something there for the other horses underneath there so and i think some of those horses will come out of our carnival this year the cat king coles the rock and marty's the Cash Us, the American Dealers, those sort of horses, we just need to have make sure we've got quality races for them up here during that period, Chris, and hopefully we can get those horses and trainers up here. Okay. Well, that's something that we can continue to work on, no doubt, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of discussions between now and the next couple of weeks and months to make sure that, uh, you know, we can, uh, you know, at, at least, you know, compete with so with those southern states because I'm sure they're going to, uh, you know, really load up with their big carnivals. We know Victoria's got uh, plenty to offer with their uh, Breeders' Crown and, and Victoria Cup, Vic Bread, all that sort of stuff. But uh, I'm sure you guys can uh, work it out in uh, in well, the next couple of weeks and months anyway. Scott, really? We appreciate the time this morning. The carnival's been awesome. We look forward to racing again later this afternoon. We've got another big program, 10 races there, a couple of consolations for the two-year-olds as well with the, uh, the Q-bread as well. So today it's going to be a pretty strong program in itself. Absolutely, Chris. And just mentioning on that, obviously with our carnivals, don't forget our locals too. Like um, They've had a great carnival as well. One of the highlights definitely of race night too is Gerardus Delight for the local legend Jack Butler and Brendan Barnes, the first group one. So... Whilst we obviously love having the interstaters here and uh, the Kiwis over here, we obviously always want to cater for our local trainers as well who are here all year round. And our horses will hold their own in any other class in Australia. So I have no doubt at all that uh, we're, we've got a new breed of horse coming through the ranks here in Queensland that will certainly compete at all levels as well. So yes, and as I said, another big 10-race uh, carnival uh, program this afternoon.
Yeah, I'm glad you raised that about uh, the, the highlight there of uh, Jack and, and Brendan grabbing their first Group 1 victory with the Golden Girl and Gerardas Delight because I know it probably wasn't a popular result as far as the punters were concerned. Uh, we had that big quaddy going that night and uh, it probably blew most out. But just on a personal note... I thought it was probably one of the highlights of the carnival, looking back, uh, just seeing the emotion of, of not only Jack and, and Brendan, but everyone that was involved with that uh, result, because uh, Ray Cole, that was his first Group 1 winner. He's the owner-breeder of Gerardas Delight, so a really special moment. But to see Jack with all of the family there on, on the night as well, really special moments, and uh, it's something that we're not going to forget anytime soon. No, it was certainly in my top three, and I was lucky enough to be around uh, Jack and the team when the horse won, and uh, obviously come as a little surprise, but the raw emotion, um, as I said, harness racing is a family sport, and you just love to see it. I'm sure it makes all the early mornings and the long days and the long weeks worthwhile to get a race like that, and when it sort of comes a little unexpected too, there's just an added little um, little bonus there for him, but uh, um, as you know... Uh, Queenslanders, they love to rally around each other, and we, we've claimed Jack as one of us now. But um, honestly, to have a, have uh, one of our own horses win uh, that running of the, the Golden Girl first up Group One, that was sensational for us. Yeah, well said, Scott. Well said. Really appreciate the time, Scott. We'll see you trackside later today. Good on you, Chris. Talk soon. Thanks, listeners. Yes, it was a great night on Saturday night, no doubt about it, for many people. And our next guest, I'm sure he's still buzzing after Saturday night because he was able to get a Group 1 victory. But probably more importantly, it was a, a real sentimental victory that he was probably chasing there on Saturday night because he won the race last year and he was able to get it again on Saturday night. We're talking about Pete McMullen able to take out a race named after his legendary grandfather in John, Hollywood John, and he was able to get that victory with uh, Uncle Shank on Saturday night. And he was able to get the Group 1, mind you, with Away We Go, taking out the Qbred size feature for the Colts and Geldings. Pete's online with us now. Pete, good morning. Congratulations. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on. It's obviously a race that you're keen to win each and every time it's, uh, it's staged, and uh, it, it carries a fair bit of importance for the family, doesn't it? And you're keen to win it each and every time it is staged. So to win it, a big bonus there. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it's sort of, it really does mean quite a lot to... Uh, well, it, it's great just to be able to have, have this race sort of going each and every year and then to be, to be able to have some runners in it and then to be able to win it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty special moment. I, I tell you what else is uh, very noticeable with this race uh, as well, that the family really get behind it. The, the, the numbers seem to be growing each and every time. Uh, just with the presentation, uh, the, the entire McMullen family, it, it's right there in front of everyone to, to see. Yeah, well, obviously we are you know, a pretty big family and, and always been pretty heavily involved in, in the industry. So, um, you know, we're always keen to go to the races, especially on a big night, and it's great to be able to sort of have this race and, and be able to go along and support it. Will the Wizard won it last year, Uncle Shank this year, common denominator, Ross Patrick. Yeah, um, Ross has been pretty lucky for this race, I suppose. Um, you know, lucky enough, he's sort of got some nice young stock coming through that just fit into this race really well. And um, Obviously, Will the Wizard fitted into it perfectly last year, and Uncle Shank, he... Um, we probably wasn't quite the horse we were aiming up for originally, but he, um, as sort of time progressed, it sort of all fell into place with him. 
and in all seriousness, uh, he, he's a really serious horse, Uncle Shank. He, he's had his fair share of problems, obviously, from the two-year-old to the three-year-old season, but you've been able to get him back to the races, and he's performing. And that was that was a really good win. The time backs it up as well. 52-3, that, that's low flying. Yeah, no, we're, um, you know, we've got, got a pretty big opinion of him, and, uh, you know, we've, you know, we threw him in the deep end there Saturday night. He's, he was, um, you know, he, he wasn't even rated to fit into the race, and uh, he went in there and we dodged the, purposely dodged the derby to go back to the mile, and um, it all worked out perfect. And uh, you know, we do think he's got a pretty bright future. So, what are you looking at with him now? Does he have a little bit of a break? Do you keep him going? Is there anything coming up that you've, you know, set your sights on with him now? Um, there's nothing really in mind. Um, we'll probably keep him ticking over a little bit, just for the fact that he hasn't had a lot of racing, and um, you know, I'm sure a bit of race experience won't go astray. Okay. Is he best at the mile, or do you think in time he'll be able to be uh, stretched out and, and run, you know, uh, ten furlongs? I think over time he'll, um, you know, he'll sort of be able to go a bit further in distance. But uh, just at the moment, you know, his speed's probably his biggest asset, and he's. Um, He's you know so fast and he can really carry it a fair way. So the mile seems to really suit that at the moment. Yeah, and the other thing with him, as you said, he was thrown into the deep end there. He was taking on some really good opposition. Kowalski analysis is no slouch, as we know, and that was only his seventh race start. So he's done a really good job. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, he, he really beat some nice horses, and, and you know they're all older horses. So um, you know it, it sort of makes makes for a pretty exciting sort of thing for next year like um, obviously next year he's still eligible for races like the Rising Sun Yeah, good point and it was great to see Ross Trackside on Saturday night Yeah, no, really good, it was, um, he was pretty excited there had a few runners and um, all in all he's also been racing quite well throughout the car we just haven't had a lot of luck and Saturday night it sort of all pieced together and worked out good all right, good stuff. Away we go was your big moment there on Saturday night, uh, taking the Group 1 Cubred uh, feature for the Colts and Geldings. I'm not going to say it was a complete shock, although he did go off at double-figure odds, because he really put the writing on the wall the week earlier. He was really good sectionally. Yes, he had that second-row draw to overcome, but if he had any sort of luck going his way, he was always going to be in the finish. In the end, he made his own luck. It got a little bit rough and ready there in the early part. You were able to sort of do some dodging and weaving there, but uh, it was a race that he certainly could win, and he walked away with it, so it was uh, it was really good to see. Yeah, I think we're, you know, getting into the race was probably the hardest, hardest thing. We had a few few problems leading up trying to get um, some races to stand up and, and trying to dodge the better ones to try and get the money to get in there and you know we were very lucky because Monday morning when the final rankings came out he was actually ranked 11 and looked like he was going to miss out and luckily enough for us he, um, there was one missing and he was able to sneak into the field and um, you know we did give him a pretty good chance it was sort of track along good he was peaking at the right time and um, his run the week before was you know it was really sort of showed that he was going to be spot on for on the mm. And he's versatile too, just like uh, everything that comes from this mare, Washington Lass. As we know, she's the reigning uh, broodmare of the year here in Queensland. She scooped that award earlier in the year, but uh, she can drop one, and uh, she's done it again with this guy. And just like uh, his bigger brothers, he's versatile. Yeah, they, um, you know, they, they've got a good sort of, um, you know, pretty slick sort of quarter in them, and and they're so strong that they, they don't get tired. They just sort of keep on trucking along and. Um, you know, this guy probably even seems a bit better than the others. He's, he's you know, he's probably 
Menno's a little bit better and he can come off a helmet a little bit better. So, um, you know, with a little bit of luck, he might be the best of the three yet. Well, fingers crossed for owner breeder uh, John Polson. As we know, he's based on the other side of the uh, the border. He's down in Taree. Obviously, he couldn't be trackside on Saturday night, but uh, I'm sure you've heard from John, and I, I'm still uh, predicting that he's going to be on cloud nine for some time to come. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, he was pretty heartbroken when when the borders closed down on Thursday. He was um, he was pretty pumped up, ready to come up, and, and that sort of happened, and he was unable to make it. So, yeah, but. He's um, he's over the moon with um, you know the way the horses are racing and and with this guy he's um, yeah pretty excited. And with the mare Washington last, just going back and you can correct me here, she was a little bit of a a crazy one. She'd come onto the track each and every time she raced and she'd let you know about it because she'd sort of just double barrier every time. I remember vividly seeing you come down the straight. You'd have the hands wide apart with the reins because you knew what was coming with her and. Uh, She'd let you have it each and every time. But at stud, maybe this is her true calling because she is an absolute broodmare gem. Yeah, she um, you know, she wasn't real nice to sort of sit behind. Uh, although she was an absolute powerhouse when you did drive and, you know, she was she was very fast, very strong, um, you know, and had a good gait. Everything was sort of there, but her attitude, um, you know, she, she probably was looking to be a broodmare, I suppose. She, she'd go out there and give you both barrels and, one night we didn't even make it to the start. She sort of uh, fucked over the shaft, and we we had to call quits before we even got to the back to the um, to start. We just couldn't even make it there. Well, you had to be alert uh, each and every time. What about with the progeny so far? They're not like that, are they? <laughs> they got a little bit in it. Uh, Black Sedan, he usually <laughs> goes out, and he actually has a warm up now, pre race warm up. You know, half the reason being for that because he sort of goes out and wants to. Jamie's talent have a little bit of a buck, so we give him a bit of a warm-up to get out of his system. And um, these, the next ones aren't so bad, but they'll sort of jam their tail, and, and um, from time to time they, they can, but not like her. Okay. Well, big things to come, no doubt. Does he does he go for a break, or do you keep him going as well? Um, he's going to go to the paddock now for a little while. Um, not haven't really had a chance to look at the summer carnival sort of program, but I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of features throughout the that sort of period of time there for you know him and um, a few of the others for the stable. All right, good to hear. Now you've got another big book of drives coming through today at Albion Park. Uh, that's the norm for you each and every uh, week. But uh, tell me, Hemsworth, is it going to be his day today? It's quite uh, surprising that he hasn't been able to win. Not that he's put in any bad ones, but uh, he's just come up against some really silk company. Yeah, um, you know, the, the gates really aren't sort of helping him one bit at all. He's He's drawn the worst barrier in every start possible, so um, fingers crossed today it's a bit weaker race. We might be able to make something of it rather than chasing home horses like Krug. Well, what, is it nine uh, nine drives you've got today on this 10-race program? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, so it's a big day. Is he the best of your uh, drives today for our uh, listeners this morning? Yeah, I think so. He's probably, probably the main one. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a few others there that are going okay as well. They just might need a little bit of luck. Yeah. She's got blings of mare that's going really well. Richard Hutchison does a, a really good job with his team, and this mare's low-flying, and she lines up in a race that she can win again. She was strong winning there last Thursday. Yeah, she's um, racing really well. It's all late spin super and fits into another race. Richard's placed her really well once again and fits into a race where she could be possibly a chance again.
All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that uh, big book of drives that you've got coming through later today. But again, congratulations. Uh, Group 1 victory again there on Saturday night. She's gone uh, back-to-back, Washington last with big wheels winning it last year, and now away we go. So it's a remarkable achievement. And uh, also, just for the the victory with that uh, race, near and dear to your heart for the family as well, the J.C. McMullen, you've gone back-to-back with that race as well after Will the Wizard won it last year, and now you've got it again with Uncle Shank. So... To you, to all of the family, job well done. Huge moment there on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris.